Bujun and Dinoy Maganatug. Greetings, relatives. My name is Melissa Nelson, and I'm your host and gardener of the Native Seed Podcast. Welcome to the Native Seed Pod, a podcast aimed at celebrating the diversity and beauty of native seeds, soils, and indigenous foods. Welcome back to part two of Food is Medicine with Dr. Lois Ellen Frank and Walter Whitewater. We rejoin the conversation midstream about how to restore indigenous diets and health. And then bringing it down to, uh, you know, the health and nutrition aspect, because you work with doctors, you work with nutritionists, you've been at the forefront of alternative uh, solutions to diabetes and diabetes uh, prevention through native foods. And you promote something called the native plate versus this plate that the USDA or other government agencies try to not force, but recommend to people. So for those who maybe don't know about that, if you could say a little bit about the mainstream plate that is recommended, um, it is the USDA, right? U.S. Department of Agriculture. And then the native plate that you are supporting that you think is good and very healthy for uh, native diets, or actually most people as we're learning from nutrition and the human body. Well, I'll, I'll start and then we'll, we'll go into the application of this. But uh, we have a medicine wheel and the medicine wheel is a circle. And in the circle are four directions. There are also four colors of corn and four peoples that inhabit the earth. And so uh, using that model, we can, came up with fruits, vegetables, legumes, and grains. And uh, one of our uh, fiscal and sponsoring agents, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C., and Dr. Carolyn Trapp and Dr. Neil Bernard, who are, are very uh, big advocates of reversing uh, type 2 diabetes with diet, uh, we began to collaborate and form uh, cultural um, ways to take unhealthy foods and make them healthier. And um, so the medicine wheel is all plants. And if we look in each of our communities, um, I think the concept and one of the thought processes that we're trying to do uh, is ask, what is the TEK? And a lot of what we've been talking about this morning is the stories and the songs and birch and the wild rice and all of these things have to do with our traditional ecological knowledge and not only to revitalize this to understand it to teach it to the generations that follow us but to decolonize our diet that people think of as mainstream American and for me personally uh, and I think a lot of other native people dairy uh, does not do well with us it's not in our ancestral DNA and so the government plate which they call my plate uh, has dairy on it for a variety of reasons uh, that may be both economical and political in their essence but um, for me, that's not my plate. And so what we're asking Native communities to do is to say, what is your ecological bioregion from which you come? And what are the foods indigenous to those regions? And that, 
you know, we can't just say there's a Southwest region. because the Southwest in itself has very low-lying deserts where the saguaro grow to very high pinyon, juniper, and then even further into the aspen regions. And you can't say it's not all the same. So even though it encompasses what may be one region, within those regions are many regions, uh, land-based diets. And we're asking communities to look at their diet. So if you're Tohono O'odham, your diet is going to be different than if you're Navajo or Kiowa. And, and what is on your plate? What are the foods that encompass your plate? And then instead of the, the cup of dairy off to the side, what is the wild game that adjuncted your diet? If you live near lakes, it may be waterfowl or fish. If you're on the northwest coast, it may be salmon. If you're in the mountains or even the southern deserts, it might be small game. Or a small bird, or it might be a four-legged. And so that is the adjunct. And each community, there is no one size that fits all. Uh, but we're, we're very heavy on the plants and understanding our local plants and using those, our nuts, our beans, our corn, wild berries, wild roots, wild vegetables, and then adjuncting a little bit with that meat. So again, you know, back to less of a better quality and lots of plants. And if we look at the medical profession and what all the doctors are promoting is a very heavily plant-based diet, which uh, is a native diet. I mean, we can look in all our communities and say, what did we eat, you know, and what did we store and how did we do it? And the, the most fascinating thing, and, and this is where I'm going to pass it over to Walter, is that uh, the president of the Navajo Nation has joined on this, and now Walter can go home into his homelands and promote uh, a healthy indigenous diet and help the people reclaim health and wellness, and we can work with doctors and nurse practitioners. The thing you have to remember is, as you go from a very unhealthy state of maybe sugar and processed foods into a very healthy state of raw, unprocessed, indigenous native foods, that if you are on medications, you're going to have to change. And so health professionals play a big role in this because as chefs, we can't control or tweak medication uh, that people may no longer need because food has become their medicine. And uh, we really need to collaborate and work in tandem with our health 
professionals and our doctors and our nurses uh, and educators that can help these uh, community members and all of our Native communities go from uh, unhealth to complete health. The Native Seed Pod is produced by the Cultural Conservancy with generous support by Tamil Pius Trust. To contribute to our polyculture and to find out more information, please visit us at nativeseedpod.org or nativeland.org. To me, the way I, um, what Lokes talked about, and because I, I live on, uh, I live both two, two worlds on the re- reservation and off the reservation. And I go back and forth, and I, years ago that we, um, we did a book, and how when you go to a gathering or go to a ceremony, you hear stories, the way they talk about their diet, how things that, that used to be, and just something that, um, and while we're in a, in a teepee in the morning, um, they were talking about this um, diet that Lois just talked about. And they were saying, well, a long time ago, you never heard such thing as um, diabetes. You know, people are dying off from uh, sugar, you know. But you used to always hear, oh, this person died from the old age. It was, was like that in those days. But now you hear it today, or children um, or being born with that, you know? And so that I think that what really launched us to where is when we did a book, um, won an award in 2004, and we've been asked to help the, um, with our community with a, um, in, my, in my area, on, in Wonder Rock, Arizona, and um, just something that I, I was asked to do. And so... When we did a cookbook, we, we had um, sugar, heavy cream, oil, all that stuff were in, it's in there. But what we did, we, what, what we, we, we talked about, they want us to cook, um, do things like a tofu for the Navajo Nation, and there's no way they're gonna do that. And so, hey, um, so we kind of like, okay, we have to come up with an, another menu. How about our own food? You know, but even though today the blue corn went, there's sugar that went in it, but we took those back out. Instead of using sugar, we use aguave and replace something different, you know. And instead of using heavy cream, it, whatever it is we're, we're blending, it just became that part of the like butternut squash, you know, we don't need to add any heavy cream to make it look heavier, you know? So it became natural. Or milk was became water, you know? Like a salad dressing, you go to a restaurant, there's oil in it, you know? But we took the oil back out and we just use water, just natural. Whatever the fruit that we're using, we make that. And so anyway, the list goes on. And so we start working with things like that that we started to change what would be a better way and to make to make people um, back to the way it should be, you know? And we seem to, and I always tell a story, there's a, a wave that came in on our reservation, you know, commodity, you know? Um, everybody knows a story about that and what happened. 
that I think most of the the, the years of um, 19 and the 90s that um, that kicked in. A lot of them are uh, love loved ones that we lost through this diet. So I think that's when we we start working with the the native people, and then another wave came in is fast food on our reservation. It's McDonald, Taco Bell. We have that on our reservation today. And look at our kids. Look at that, you know? So you look back and look around you, and so now there's another wave that, that's coming in, and this is the, the new trend that everybody wants so badly to, to uh, take on this road and to change. And I see other people that has changed their, their diet, and it works. And that's the way I, I believe that's something that I um, understand what food is. That's where the, I always talk about food is our medicine, and that's right there. That's where it is. And just something that, you know. Um, so that's how I, I, I understood on my end with, with food-wise. Thank you so much for that great history also of the impacts and the changes in native food systems. And you're really at the forefront today, both of you with a thriving and growing native chefs movement uh, to really revitalize these foods on reservations, in tribal communities, in urban contexts. Uh, we previously featured uh, Ohlone chefs uh, from the Ohlone Cafe, uh, Louis Trevino and Vincent Medina, and that was just fantastic. And um, they're doing Ohlone food revitalization in Berkeley, in Oakland, in an urban context, and uh, have a pop-up restaurant. And you folks are doing it in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with Red Mesa Cuisine, and nationally um, through work like this here, this partnership with uh, the University of Nevada, Reno, as well as internationally. You've been to Guam, you've been to Russia, uh, you've been uh, to the Ukraine. You've been all over the place doing this work. There's always been native chefs. Uh, there's always been native cooks. There's always been the grandmas and the grandpas and the mothers and the fathers and the brothers and the sisters and the aunties and the uncles who gravitated toward food as medicine and really honoring food and doing that with feasts and ceremonies and uh, rites of passage. And today you're doing this new native contemporary cuisine that is really kind of a fusion as, you know, many of us are mixed race and so we're fusions ourselves uh, and the food is reflecting that and there's been several waves of kind of the native chefs movement um, going back probably a long time and if you can just trace a little bit of that um, and now I see you mentoring young people like you did the last few days with uh, the young Paiute folks um, the young men who are fishermen and hunters and uh, other times with gardeners or um, farmers and people who want to learn some more of these culinary practices um, and incorporate them. So if you could just share a little bit about that history and how people can find out more about your work um, at Red Mesa Cuisine. Well, this is a, a perfect way to sort of wrap this and, and tie this together. And it is about passing on the indigenous knowledge to our younger generation, uh, whether they be five years old and learning how to cook or make a stew or watch us uh, or on the college level or above the college level. 
Um, we definitely have an open door policy and, and we love to work with youth and I love to work with my students. We were about next week to start our spring 2019 semester and Walter's going to be a guest chef there and um, we're going to take students and change their lives. We're going to teach them how to cook and understand uh, Native American foods in the context of some of the greatest cuisines in the world and how we fit in and what our foods are and how to prepare those foods. And so as we train and teach these students how to cook, we empower them and we give them the confidence. And I told both Cody and, and Jordan yesterday that uh, you could do this now without us. And they were like, no, we don't know. But they could. And a lot of what we do is going into communities and we call it train the trainer or train the next generation that's coming up so that it's sustainable. I think we're all about passing on the knowledge. Sure, we'd love to come back every year and redo a training or work with you, but really what we want you to do is to learn your own foods and how to prepare them and how to prepare them for large amounts of people so that you can do this without us. And we're always there for you. We're always there for any of you listening and all of you that want to reclaim and revitalize and work with indigenous foods. That's what we've dedicated our life to. And you're welcome to go on our website and learn about our mission and who we are and what we do at redmesacuisine.com and, and see some of the films on YouTube about what we're doing and what is Native cuisine and, and why it's important and and all of these things because they're all connected and so the bigger picture is um, passing on techniques and culinary techniques and education and planting and relationships with food and the earth and and then making communities uh, sustainable uh, so that they can reclaim their own health and wellness and and and, and then we can and there's tons of, of work to be done, and, and, and we're honored to be able to do this, but to pass it on. And, you know, and then we, we get emails or invitations uh, to go to communities, and, and for us that's the fun part. Even though we work really hard and traveling sounds great, but it's very exhausting. Uh, you know, Walter just got a, another email where... Uh, a committee sat down with the president of the Navajo Nation and, and they had done a, an event on um, seed sovereignty and, and health and wellness and this year their theme too is food is medicine. And so we got an email saying that uh, when they discussed who they wanted to bring back, Walter came up and, and that's uh, pretty amazing because then he can go back to Salie and to his community and, and, and help them uh, with the food is medicine theme. And, and maybe that's the theme for 2019, 2020. Um, and uh, he'll go, I'm teaching this semester, so I'm not as flexible to leave, but that's what's great about having two of us, that one can go do one thing and one can go to the other, and sometimes we can work together and, and go all over. And so our mission is to work in both uh, reservation and urban settings and, and really uh, focus on um, the reclaiming, revitalization, decolonization, traditional, or TEK, traditional ecological knowledge and, and the theme of um, our traditional foods and our ancestral foods and food as medicine. So uh, 
in closing, I, I just want to thank you, Melissa, um, for having us be a part of this and be able to talk to all of you that are listening through the Cultural Conservancy, which is one of my most favorite organizations anywhere in the world, uh, and the work that you do and uh, how important it all is. And, and, and I want to invite all of you listening to join us and join that Native American food movement and, and get involved and plant a garden and reclaim your Native food and learn how to cook a dish and listen to your grandma or record her on your voice memo on your cell phone and, 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 and join in this family uh, that's global. Uh, of indigenous people in, in the reclaiming and revitalization of our important foods for, for life, food for life, uh, food for wellness, food for health, food for medicine. And so I'll turn it over to Walter and, and <coughs> let him uh, say his closing. Well, um, years ago I realized I used to do um, um, work, um, make jewelries, and so hey, I always say, not everyone will buy your jewelries, but people will love to eat. So just something that I, um, you have to love what you do. Do anything with culture, you know, that you, because I was um, raised by a non-native family and going back to my own culture, relearning my language and, and the ways that, that I was brought up that, you know, when you're away from, res from the reservation, that you forget, you know. And and re slowly you relearn, and whatever it is that you remember. For me, it was through the grandmas, you know. As I growing up, and I, I never see a man cook in the kitchen. But years later, you know, you go to your cousin's cousin's house and sleep there, and you know, their father that, that really opened a. A door for me to it's okay now to work with food I think that's what launched me as a from a man a point of view you know and give me an herbal tea early in the morning you know and he built built that fire you could still see the stars stars you know and um so I think that that's what really launched me and and there's certain certain things you don't have to be told and somehow it, maybe it can be be shown to you in a different way. And somewhere in the, later in the future, you're gonna pick that back up again. And just something that, that's what I did. Then on behalf of my grandma, my grandma Susie, and she, um, when there's a ceremony, you got, got to see all these traditional food. And then later you go back to your own, whatever it is that you eat, but mostly, a little that I remember. This is what I remembered, you know. When we have a ceremony, people came. You got to see the way they made that traditional Navajo food that they, they that they prepared. And not only the, that family, but other family came in and to be be part of that, coming together and doing it and working it together. And I think that's that's what I call a native coming back as a family, and that's the way it should be. And somewhere along the line, in the like we had a feast, um, we had a dinner, you know, and everybody brought a little portion here and there, the hunters, you know, the, the, the herbs that came together. All this that we, we used all came together. People donated. It was not about only one family, you know. No, you know. 
here, how much you guys need, how much you guys, down to the uh, tools that we, you know, that we use. And to me, that's, that's, you call that, you know, a unity. That's something that, that brings you back together and make things happen. And um, so that's my, my way of looking at things that make things happen and make it continue on growing, you know. It doesn't have to be, I'm not saying my way should be my way, but everybody has their own ways of doing things. As long as you're doing it, do something small, it comes with the with the language, it comes with the stories, it comes with the songs. So we're gonna end with the song and just something that um that um the way you know everybody are taught in in a in a different way and whatever it is a ceremony that we use and years ago that I was you know native people they love to sing you know they love to sing and so I was in um, Santa Fe all these different tribes were there they love the tie drum they have a, a gourd and they were singing and I said oh, I got to be careful what I'm singing so I always remember okay I'm going to sing a fried bread song so that way I won't be, be in trouble so I sing that so I was singing that song this old um, uncle of mine, I mean, he, he passed, and an old man, a Pawnee, um, Anthony Davis, and he was laughing away. He said, come here, sit by me, you know, sit by me. And he told me a story about that song, and I never really actually understood at the time. And he said, those songs were brought through this, when they're going to, the ladies were making bread. They make bread, stews, whatever it is. When they come together, so they composed that song at that time. And they brought that song into the circle, into the, into the teepee when they had that peyote ceremony, he says. So in the morning, that's our healing songs. That's why they called that fry bread song. So I'm going to sing that fry bread song if I can remember here. <clears throat> Yana yana yo yana yana yo yana yana yo yana 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 yawaneko, yana yana hey nay nay. Yana yawaneko, yana yana hey nay nay. Yana yawaneko, yana yana hey nay. He said that's the way the the cattle people, you know, sing those songs. He, he was telling me about that. So I just want to share that with you. and thank you. Uh, thank you again, Walter and Lois, for so many lessons and teachings and medicine words. And thank you to you, our listeners. Yawa haui, yawa haui, yawa haui, ochima. Yawa haui, yawa haui, yawa haui, ochima, ochima, ochima.